So, I'm sure a lot of people have talked about this before, and I'm sure I have too, but, you know, when you look back at Friendship is Magic, one of the common questions, and I'm sure a lot of fans get it even now today, especially with Generation 5, is, what was the appeal of Princess Luna? And basically, what attracted fans to her more so than, you know, expected? Well, I can give you my opinion on that, as a fan of Luna myself. Now, like I said, I'm sure I've talked about it before, but I believe what attracts fans to Princess Luna is the fact that, A, you know, as a lot of people point out, we didn't see her after the pilot uh, in season one. You know, when she got basically uh, cured from being Nightmare Moon. We didn't see her after that. Mainly because Hasbro, for some odd reason, deemed her original design too dark and, you know, th- you know and stuff for, for younger viewers. Basically too dark and scary. Yet, the following year, we get the design that you see here uh, on this video. We get this design, which is a little bit more darker, a little bit more nighttime-ish, and people would say might be a little bit more scary, but not really. It's more, I think, along the lines, this design is more along the lines of a blending of the two. Like, you know, I believe Hasbro, they knew they wanted to sell Luna toys. They knew that. Um, DHX probably knew that. And they figured, well, there's a lot to uncover with Luna. I think Lauren Faust may even brought that up. So they figured, why not just give Luna, you know... You know, a new design, a bit of a hybrid design of, you know, what we see when she originally appears, but then give her something that, you know, well, basically is a little bit more grown up, a little bit more matching, you know, know, her age of being around for as long as Celestia. And, you know, that's what we got. I mean, the original design was cute and everything, don't get me wrong. But I think they also realized, and the comics did a great explanation, did a great thing in explaining the change. The the look she had was that of a filly still, or basically a half grown, or basically a filly that was halfway grown, if you will. You know, she was basically back to an adolescent. You know, she had been trapped as Nightmare Moon for so long that it regressed her back to being the same age as, let's say, the Cutie Mark Crusaders or around the same age as Twilight or something like that. And that, you know, in the comics, like I say, they do a great explanation with with this during the Nightmare Rarity arc where basically she has to combat the nightmare magic that, you know, uh, manipulated her, that took control of her and thus, by doing so, she was able to uh, age back up. She was able to basically regain her status quo that she once had before, you know, the nightmare magic corrupted her. And it's a great explanation. And it's stuff like that, you know, with the comics itself and her absence in the first season that got a lot of fans behind her. But even after she appeared in Luna, uh, reappeared, I should say, and debuted her new design in Luna Eclipsed, it was this episode, along with many that would follow, that really would, as you know, people like Silver Quill and you know others would point out, 
would really make her very connective to the fan base because she was a princess that, well, as the old saying goes, thanks to Disney, wanted more. She wanted more in life. She wanted to take action in certain scenarios. And, you know, throughout you know, her appearance in the show, she definitely showed that. And when she finally got that opportunity along with Celestia, I think it was in the final season, at the end of the beginning of the end, she complimented the idea that, hey, they enjoyed being back in the field of battle. They enjoyed, you know, getting back into the swing of things, which, of course, would explain, you know, why, you know, we got what we did with um, Between Dawn and Dusk, or, you know, Dark and Dawn, if you will. That's pretty much what we got there. But it would also explain, you know, why Luna is still favored because with the Between Dark and Dawn episode with her and Celestia, you know, she wanted to be more, you know, like, you know, slow down a little bit. Like she didn't mind, you know, doing some things here and there, but she wanted to be more like, let's take it easy, you know, let's let's check things out that are a little bit more, you know, down to earth, a little bit more calming and stuff. And it showed a great dynamic between her and Celestia because here's Celestia who is always stuck in the castle and, you know, she craves for excitement. She even says it herself. She craves that excitement again. And once they're out and about to be able to do what they want, to have this vacation, you know, she just wants to constantly go, 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 you know, at every turn. And yet here's Luna, who in dreams has to sometimes combat forces to protect ponies, and she just wants to relax. She just wants a break. You know, she just wants to essentially just take it easy. So, in a way, she's very relatable with a lot of us, because there's a lot of us that have jobs, whether it's at home or, you know, at another place, that we, at times, we have to constantly go, 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 and all we want is a break. All we want is time to relax and just enjoy, you know, life to its fullest, but at our own pace. And that's kind of why Luna is looked at very popularly and lovingly by the fans, you know, she, she's kind of basically that rebellious teenager or adolescent, young adult adolescent that wants to, you know, like I say, take action. She wants to do her own thing. And, you know, there, and the thing is, like I said, you look at the fact that she wanted to take action at the beginning of the Crystal Empire thing in season three, that, you know, she, you know, was more... Um, connective with the cutie mark crusaders and understanding their you know po- you know positions and where they came from you know it's you know she she's basically the kind of princess that you know likes like i said likes to just do her thing and be rebellious i mean if it wasn't for the love and respect she had for her sister you know uh, and kind of understanding, look, you know, you are higher up on the totem pole, basically, as far as us being ruled as, as, you know, of Equestria. You know, she, you know, if she didn't have that respect and love for her sister, she would basically defy her sister's orders. She would. And we do see that later on, especially when they both get, you know, as a lot of people point out, equal thrones. I mean, when the movie came out and then they kept that, 
concept into you know season eight and nine, a lot of fans were thrilled. They were like, "Oh, finally, Luna gets her own throne. She's finally equal with with Celestia," which is why we were able to see her be more, you know, defiant at at times of what you know, you know, of what Celestia had to say or do. But the one thing about her relationship with Celestia is it's relatable because a lot of people could see themselves in Luna's shoes being the younger sibling. You know, being like, you know, we're always having to look up to our older siblings. We're always having to do what our other siblings tell us to do or our older siblings always put in charge of us. You know, it's, you know, it's very relatable. And I think that's why fans like her. They don't just see a very rebellious character that wants to do her own thing or wants to get into the action wants to basically be you know at times you know one of the normal ponies because again you look at between dark and dawn she just wants to take it easy at times you know i mean yeah she'll like to do a few things here and there but she likes to she wants to take it easy you know she just wants to be one of the gang if you will and that's it i mean i think when the cutie mark crusaders I guess, in a way, made her an honorary member. You know, you know, honestly, she she giggled at that. She she kind of giggled at that, not not mockingly, but she giggled at that joyously, in a sense that she kind of liked it. She kind of liked that idea, and the fact and the fact that she is very understanding of where being a younger sibling comes from makes her pairing off with Spike uh, in, ish, in episode 200 even more exciting, even more relatable. Because here's Spike who looks at himself as the younger sibling between Twilight and Shining Armor, and Luna can relate to him in that perspective, which is why they were able to strike up a deal. I mean, heck, you get this image, and I'll try to post it up here, uh, you get this image of Spike, you know, and Luna posing together, and Spike's just like sitting right next to her, and you got this caption on the, you know, to the photo that says, don't, un- don't, uh, something like, don't underestimate us, or something like that. Again, it's something that's very relatable, you know, when it comes to Luna's character, because if she can connect with someone like Spike, and consider him a very close friend, you know, not just, you know, as, you know, basically Twilight's younger brother, but basically as someone she knows she can count on and work with and get along with, then, you know, then again, she, this is one of the reasons she, be, she is a very beloved character. I mean, yeah, her goth, I wouldn't say gothic look, but her nighttime look and everything really helps as well. There's no doubt about it. But to me, the reason fans like myself, Silver Quill, and many out there, you know, love, you know, and love and become, have become huge supporters and fans of Luna is because all of what I've mentioned, if not more, if not more. And that's why she's a very beloved character. And I can't say any more than I think what I've already said in the past and what others have said in the past. But what do you think? What are your thoughts on Princess Luna? How do you feel about the character? Did you become a fan of her instantly over time? Instantly or over time? What do you? What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts? I mean, basically your experience as well. Uh, let me know in the comment section below. Like the video. Uh, also comment during the live chat uh, during the premiere, which hopefully you have. 
Check out the Teespring store. Check me out at Patreon at BW Roses. Check me out at BW Roses Discussions on all your audio favorite audio podcast locations except for Pandora. Also, check me out on BW Roses on Vimo. And check out the Venmo if you want to help donate there as well. So until next time, guys, let me know what your thoughts are. And I'm out. <laughs>